0: is uh, the second episode of the Football Block. Um, I'm here with just Joey this time, and this episode we're going to be uh, focusing on the uh, recent uh, first legs of all the Round of 16 Champions League matches. Uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about each one, uh, each match, and we're going to talk about uh, like a brief summary of each match, what we thought um, of each team's performance, and then after that we're going to give a Maybe a little prediction about the second leg and who's going to go through Uh, and then after that we're going to have a little uh, uh, Q&A Some of our friends from various Facebook groups and uh, Instagram uh, profiles. So um, Without further ado, uh, let's start off. So the first match we're going to talk about uh, is Atletico versus Liverpool. Uh, Atletico uh, at home beat Liverpool 1-0 um, with a goal by Salo Niguez in the, I think, fourth minute or
1: something, very early goal. Uh, what were your thoughts, uh, Joey? Um, I wasn't too surprised, really, because I know that sometimes when you have a team like Liverpool who are very gifted uh, offensively, and I know, like, the typical athletic play style, and they haven't really, it hasn't been, like, as uh big as it was like the the typical athletic play style of just like hard-nosed aggressive football like a lot of players on their side of the 50 uh they haven't really been doing that as much this year because i mean a lot of their players like the Gabbies of the and the godings like they're not there anymore so they've had some difficulty doing that but they were able to dig in because, I mean, it's a big match against Liverpool, and I think that, you know, uh, they're a very disciplined side when they have to be, and, like, they can stick to a game plan, and then, I mean, they're not really a team that's going to be very phased by the pressure, and I think that they did a good job which just limiting the damage Liverpool could do because, I mean, they have, they have some speedsters, some tricksters, really, like, solid offense, but I think they did a good job which just handling them and just doing just enough to get by where they could just get a goal and then hold on for the rest of the game, which is what they intended to do, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think Atletico, uh,
0: this is arguably their best game of the season. Um, mm. Like, as of right now, they're not really having that great of a season. Um, I mean, it's not that surprising. They lost, like, half of their core players over yeah. the summer. Uh, Godin left, uh, as you mentioned uh, Gabby left a year ago, but then Griezmann, uh, their talisman, left. Uh, Juan Fran, uh, Felipe Luis, uh, he left. Rodri left as well, mm-hmm. Who's supposed to be the replacement for Gabby. So, I mean, they have replaced those players with um, good players, but still, it's, it's going to take a while for them to set in. And then not only that, they've been having some injury problems. Uh, Diego Casa has uh, been having some long-term injuries uh, and things like that. So, uh, I... I was actually, part of me was surprised uh, about how good Atletico was, uh, but part of me was like, well, you know, this is typical Diego Simeone in the mm. Champions League. You know, this was the most uh, characteristic Atletico performance you ever, you've ever seen, basically. Um, he yeah. really rolled back the years. Uh, this reminded me of, you know, a few years ago when they would go up against the best teams in the world, as they did against Liverpool. Um, Liverpool, on the other hand, I think... Um, Maybe they're just tired because they've been going on this insane run in the Premier League, uh, but they just did not show up. I mean, I, I think it's more so that Atletico played really well because uh, they just completely shut down the front three of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo Salah had that one really good shot, but beyond that, he was kind of invisible. Uh, Sadio Mane got, uh, you know, he was getting really flustered. They really frustrated him. He almost got sent off. That's why um, uh, Klopp uh, subbed him off. And then Firmino, I he like barely touched the ball. Um I think Atletico was very good overall. It's very professional performance and I think if uh San Diego Costa wasn't injured or if Griezmann was still there, they could have won this game by more because uh, Morata had some really good chances at that of uh, typical Morata fashion he missed. <laughs> so, um yeah, overall I I think it was great performance by Atletico, but um my prediction for the second leg, um I don't know because uh, you know, remember last season, Barcelona and the camp knew Messi had a great game. They absolutely destroyed Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a great team performance, but it was still a big result, three nothing. And then they went back to Anfield and then capitulated, lost four nothing. Yeah. But there's a big difference between um, that Valverde's Barcelona and Simeone's Atletico. Uh, but then, still saying that Liverpool still has, you know this immense attacking talent so i'm not sure
1: because it's, it's only 1-0 yeah and it, like,
0: again it's not 3-0 like last time yeah. it's only 1-0 um but um i'm gonna uh go for the controversial one and i think that uh, atletico is gonna pull us off mm. and uh eliminate liverpool uh and i know liverpool is a defending champions and they would love to defend their crown but uh, I think part of their fan base would be okay with that given they just won the Champions League last year and they really, really want to win the Premier League. As uh, I think it's like 30-something years now they it's haven't won it. So
1: A lot of times you see like a team like, I don't know, Barcelona, Real Madrid or Bayern where they're routinely winning their domestic leagues and like, They'll go all out to in the Champions League and kind of a, a reversal where Liverpool seems to care more about the Premier League. I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, it's been 30 years. I mean, in most cases, you're going for the Champions League or the Premier League. But, I mean, it's been a really long time and they have the team to do it this year. And, you know, it, I mean, if they can go far in both, I think they'd love to. But it does look like that they're really focused on winning England right now yeah but I mean I still think there's just the uh, embarrassment of riches they have up top and I think if they can do a better job it just I don't know because they did they control the pace of the game but like that does that isn't enough when you play a team like Athletic because they're okay if you control the pace of the game because I mean they're just gonna clear the ball they're gonna make good tackles they're gonna slow the game down on their side of the field but I don't know I I just can't I can't see them not scoring a goal, and then if I see, I could see Liverpool scoring maybe two goals, and then you're also asking Athletic to come back and score again, just to, you know, uh, even the aggregate. Let's say Liverpool scores two, then who was the home team again, in the prior game? It was Atletico's at home. So. So this next one is going to be in. I, I mean, it, it in, uh, wouldn't Liverpool. be, uh, it wouldn't be like. Crazy to see a shutout win by Liverpool. I mean, they 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 don't have any slouches on defense either. Yeah. I mean, holding Athletic to one goal at home so is decent.
0: What would what's your score prediction um, for the second
1: leg? I I wouldn't be surprised to see a 2-0 Liverpool win. I mean, you have. I mean, there was a time when you probably say Salah was probably the maybe second best striker in the world behind Lewandowski. He you might even say he's the best right now. I personally think Lewandowski is yeah. the best, but Salah is up there at least in the top three and forwards, and I just, I think that combined with the pace on the outside, with, uh, you know, what's his face, uh, Sané, but I'm Sané, yeah, for me, uh, I'm going to go
0: um, either 1-1 or 2-1 to Liverpool, I, I still think that uh, Atletico are going to go through, uh, but I think it's going to be a really close game, uh, maybe Liverpool score first, um, but then Atletico get a set-piece goal, um, you know, Liverpool might even score another, but it's not going to be enough, uh, because of goals. um, uh, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool's not going to be able to go through. Um, so moving on from there, uh, the next game of the series, it is, um, PSG versus Dortmund. Um, now for me, when I was watching this game, I, I thought it could really go either way, um, prior to this, cause, uh, you know, as as good as uh, PSG are in France and yeah, as massive as their talent pool is, they have choked in this stage of the Champions League for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dortmund, on the other hand, has a very porous defense. Uh, they're also without Marco Reus. But on the other hand, they have Jadon Sancho and Erling Haaland, who is in the form of his life right now. Um, so I, I didn't really know where this was going to go. And this game um, was a very exciting game. Um, I think PSG had, certainly had their chances, but Dortmund, I think, deservedly won 2-1. Um, two goals from Haaland. Uh, one was kind of a lucky, deflected uh, tap. in. the other one, though, was an absolute missile into the upper 90. Um, and PSG did get one goal. Uh, defensive mistake from Dortmund and Bappe. Was able to get past three defenders, um, mm. and Neymar uh, was able to tap in the, uh, the cross. So uh, it's it's not a, it's definitely not uh, a done deal. I, I think that this match this uh, tie could still go either way, um, but in my opinion, I think that Dortmund is going to be able to pull this through. I, I think the second leg in Paris is going to be a very high scoring affair um but i just can't look past the, the form that holland is in right now he it's absolutely insane the amount of goals he's scoring not just the amount of goals but the types of goals like he that um shot to make it 2-1 there was so much power into that he had he didn't have a lot of run up uh, he hit it with so much pace and so much power that uh by the time kayle and I was able to dive the ball was already in the back of the net it's nothing he do um so i i i think it's going to be close again but i think uh,
1: Dortmund is going to go through. I think um Dortmund hasn't had a true number nine since Lewandowski. I mean, I liked uh, Aubameyang, but I never thought of him as, like, a pure just number nine finisher like Lewandowski is, where, like, he made it, like he made, he's not going to kill you with his pace, but, like, the way Aubameyang would. For Aubameyang, he would get a ton of chances just because he was able to just outrun people and just, they would uh, dump the ball over top of the defenders and he would just, Eventually, get enough shots, you're gonna score. But I, I, I love Holland because you don't, have, you're not gonna play him like that. Where he's more like a, more like prototypical number nine. Where he's an amazing, he's amazing finisher. He can win the ball in the air. He's skilled on the ball. I mean, and he's so young too. Where the Dortmund team in general, like they do have some key veterans, like um, Royce whenever he plays, or you know, Pezak, Pezak. And uh, I think that. Uh, Though they should be able, I agree. They should be able to hold their own against PSG. And it does say a lot about PSG that both of us are predicting them to lose the second leg or at least on aggregate. Even though they have one of the most expensive sides in the world, they have Neymar, who most people thought was the heir apparent to Messi and Ronaldo. But I mean, I think he's kind of plateaued a little bit. Would you agree that he kind of plateaued? I, I, I do agree that he's plateaued a bit. I still think that I was to rank the
0: best players in the world i still i still think he's the third best after messi and ronaldo uh but i do have to admit after 2017 it seems like he hasn't gotten any better you know um at barcelona each year each season it seemed like he was getting better uh, yeah. parts of his games were developing like even his last season at barcelona he didn't score as many goals but his uh assist numbers oh, were yeah, really high great. his uh number of chances created was uh insane it was he was um looking to become a player like Messi but you know he went to PSG yeah, and I think uh you know he still scores a lot of goals but it's wanted him to be the Messi of PSG
1: or yeah and he's I just not I think yeah. he's such a good player but I yeah. just it's very different when he's supposed to be the, I mean he's kind of starting to get overshadowed by Mbappe too I mean Mbappe's another one of those like just generational yeah, I mean forwards. in my opinion I think that Neymar is,
0: is better than Mbappe but yeah, uh, Mbappe's um you know, he's the hero of France, and, and obviously that, PSG's uh, in France. I, mean, I so, think
1: if PSG uh, choose between those two, I think they'd rather have Mbappe. Yeah, Mbappe's younger, too. He's younger, he's too, younger and, like, he, he, he's French, you know, everyone loves him. Yeah,
0: and then not only that, Mbappe, um, he has, a I would say, a better reputation than Neymar. Not that Neymar has a bad reputation, but still, you know, you see all his antics with diving, he like, punched a fan... Uh, last season um, he misses games to go mm-hmm. to Carnival in Brazil sure. and like you know, and then go to celebrate his birthday he's, just, like, he's, it's not, just...
1: he's not as serious about like the game yeah. as, like Ronaldo and Messi and yeah. like, the greats yeah so as, I mean, as talented yeah. as he is there's only so far it'll get you yeah and, so yeah like, I mean he may be scoring left and right in the Farmers league but <laughs> when he has to play against like established top 10 top 12 teams it's yeah. gonna be much harder And, like, I mean, just playing decently isn't going to be enough to win these games. Yeah. And, I mean, PSG now is, like, what I kind of think of what Man City was maybe, like, five years ago. And over the course of most of the end of last decade into this, until now, like, until the past two years, they're kind of like what Man City was, where they had one of these expensive juggernaut teams all this rich Arab money. And, like, they just, you weren't really afraid of them when you got to crunch time. Yeah, no, I agree, um, and I feel the same way yeah. about PSG now, and and PSG in general, like aside from their attackers, they don't really have a scary like core down. Like I, I'm not scared of like, I uh, Thiago Silva's getting old, and they don't, they no longer like. I remember back in the day, they'd have Matuidi and Ibrahimovic, and you had some veterans that really could take over the game, and they don't have that anymore they were they were starting who were they starting in center mid because they don't have Rabio anymore yeah, either they had, uh they had a Adisa Itrisa uh, Gay Irisa Gwe, I think I forget I don't know if I'm pronouncing
0: that right but then they have him uh, Verratti who I think is very good but and then uh they bought Ender Herrera who you know he's he's a decent player he's, um they they bought who I think he's actually underrated I think he's very good but he's not mm-hmm. he's more of like a winger um yeah I I, I agree with you I I think that um you know, some of their core players are getting old. Um, and, you know, it's fine in the, the French League, you know. Yeah, that's probably funny, continue funny to win. enough to get by. But I, I also think their manager, too, like Thomas Tuchel, I think he's a good manager. But, yeah, like but like you I mentioned Man City, like they had Pellegrini, who was able to win the Premier League. And I'm not taking that away from him. And Pellegrini I, I, was a great achievement from him, but he was never able to take him that far. Like, he kind of plateaued. Uh, yeah. or, and then they brought in Pep. Uh, he absolutely transformed the team now uh, at one point they're the best team in the world right now I think they're the second best team in the world so I mean I think PSG
1: need to do something like that uh get a top class coach but yeah easier said than done and I'd also think that maybe signing Neymar was a mistake or like I mean he's an amazing player but he just doesn't really fit the team and like you don't really need him I mean I I think it's um in theory it was an amazing signing Yeah. it just hasn't panned out, and you could still get a ton for him. Barcelona, I heard, I mean, they'd love to have him back. Yeah, yeah, as a Barcelona fan, I would love to have Neymar back. And like, uh, I'm yeah. sure Neymar would love to be back. I'm yeah. sure yeah, he said it Barcelona, yeah. they definitely need him the way they've yeah. been playing lately. Yeah. Now, um. anyway, uh,
0: my score prediction, though, for uh, say, uh, a PSG Dorman, I'm going to say, I'm going to go 3-2 uh, mm. Dorman. Either 2-2 or 3-2 Dorman. Um, I think, like I said, it's going to be high scoring, but I think... Um, because because of Holland, Dortmund goes through. Now, if between now and then Holland gets injured, will be I think it's PSG goes through.
1: But as of right now, it's Dortmund. Uh, what's your uh, um, score prediction? Another thing I do like about Dortmund is while they have a porous defense, they do have like they're very they have a lot of really athletic players and a lot of guys who can like make something out of nothing. or... I um I look at their defense and like it's scary thinking that Mbappe is gonna go against like Dan Axel Zagadu, but I mean, I yeah, do which he
0: did last game. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I do. I still think that they just, they have enough for like they they have they're a really strong team. I think, and of course Jordan Sancho is amazing. Like I love watching him play, and they're a young and flashy team, and they have just enough key veterans to give them some experience. Like, a lot of these guys, like Royce, have been there, done that before. Of course, when he plays, that's like a 50-50. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think, I, I don't know uh, the uh, schedule of his injury, but if he comes back
1: before this game with PSG, then, you know, it's a, another added plus. Oh, yeah. I think there'll be even more of a chance that they win if they have him back. Yeah. But I I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, I don't know, 2-1. I'm going to say 3-1. Because, I don't know, I think that I could see the wheels falling off the cart early for PSG if Dortmund comes out of the gates and scores. Yeah. I could see, like, a quick, like, counterattack in, like, the 10th minute, like, a cross into Holland. And I could see them just running away with the game where, like, I don't think PSG has the mental fortitude to be able to draw themselves back into the game. Because, I mean, we, we know what PSG's like when, even if they're up by four, they're not safe. Do yeah. You remember Barcelona? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh from that
0: point let's uh move on to the next matchup and that is uh Atlanta Atlanta At- versus uh Valencia. Uh, and Uh what was your um reaction? Well, just give a brief summary of the game in your opinion. What did you
1: see? Well, I'm not like I'm not going to lie and say I'm like a big I have a very large uh knowledge about uh, Atlanta, but I do know that they have been um very like People have been taking notice of them this season. I mean, they came through the group stage, obviously. And I do know that they have the ability to score a handful of goals at any given moment. Um, I did also notice that Valencia is significantly weaker than they've been. And I think Spain, Spanish football in general, this has not been a good, very good year or two for them. Losing Ronaldo and then Barcelona, Real Madrid, Valencia, Atleti. None of them really. Sevilla. None of them have really been up to par, like, that was their usual ways of the past latter half of the last decade. And I I just think that a quick Atlanta team, you know, a lot of playmakers, play hard, capitalize. I think that's all you really need. And I think they should be able to carry that momentum into the next game and at least get a draw out of it. And that's definitely going to be enough to advance. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think that... uh... I think the scoreline, you know,
0: is 4-1. Um, I think it's a little flattering for Atalanta because, I mean, they were the better team, but Valencia had a lot of chances that they just were not were not able to put away. Um, this game could have... But then again, so did Atalanta. Um, this game could have ended up being, like, you know, 5-4, mm-hmm. like 6-3 or something like that. Uh, I I think that uh, both teams are um, very good going forward. I'd say Atalanta probably at the moment uh, better going forward. You know, guys like Papu Gomez, uh, Ilicic, Mm -hmm. uh, Duvan Zapata, they've been having a really good season uh, and also last season as well. Uh, Valencia uh, had a really good season last year. This year, you know, it's kind of up and down, Uh, but they still have the quality there. Uh, I think that the next match uh, is going to be in the... Mestalla, I believe that's Valencia Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably I, I would say like two one Valencia. But obviously, um, I think they will win. There will be a lot of chances, but Atalanta will end up going through. Yeah, yeah. So. It's hard to come back from four to one. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know and I they don't. They did think, get the
1: away goal, at least.
0: Yeah, they did get an away goal, but um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that um, you know, Valencia, like I said, they have quality, but overall Atlanta it's a better team. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, yeah, what's your uh, score prediction for Uh, this game? I think 2-1 Valencia or 2-2. I don't know. I guess 2-2. Yeah, yeah. Something close. All
0: right, uh, moving on from there, next matchup is uh, Tottenham versus uh, RB Leipzig. Mm. Uh, Now, this game, um, a lot of people I've heard – Say that, uh, Leipzig, you know, absolutely destroyed Tottenham. Even though it was only one nothing, it should have been more. Um, well, I agree that Leipzig was a better team. I don't think it's as simple as that. Uh, Tottenham had some very good chances, um, but again, uh, Leipzig was the better team. And this is also at home, uh, and Leipzig were still able to get away with the win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, Tottenham under Mourinho is still a, a developing team. You know, he just came in not too long ago um uh, they they begin some they began good results um but their style of play hasn't been too well not only that harry kane's injured uh and song is uh i think out for the season mm-hmm. um yeah. so i mean the i forget his name uh the winger they just signed i forget his name i think he's dutch uh verge uh, yeah right. he, he uh started out pretty good but still he's not harry kane and no. uh, he's not and song either um uh, so, Leipzig, on the other hand... So of course, I, no Eriksson anymore. Either. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no Eriksson either. Uh, although, to be fair, I don't think Mourinho really liked, liked him. I don't him. think he would have been
1: good under Mourinho. Yeah, they just um, don't... They played... I don't know. I, I respect the way they play, but I just didn't think... I thought they had the player pool where they could... I, I loved uh, how they played much more before, but, like, they were never going to dominate the game, but they were always going to be, like, a counterpuncher. Yeah. counter-puncher. Yeah, they are always like, very dangerous. Like, they had so much yeah. pace and agility on the wings, and of course, they have the, probably one of the best target men in the league, and in the, in the world, but I mean, of course, without him, I don't know, they just don't have that, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, they don't have the firepower right now. Yeah. Where, like, you are going against Leipzig, where you should be beating Leipzig, and not getting, and, uh, they seem like they were getting, uh, relatively bossed around by much, smaller and lower quality team not to say that they're a bad team but and Tottenham I was looking at their midfield and it's never been a really strength of their team but it's not nothing to write home about and when you look at German football Germany really excels at just controlling the ball down the midfield and being able to pass the right at different situations and being very disciplined and I think Tottenham under Mourinho, they're going to become more of a discipline side where I think like they can hold their like the formation like they're going to be pretty stout defensively but they're gonna it's gonna be a trade-off where they're not going to be committing as much on the attacking end where I think they have much better players and I don't see them having they don't really have like a talisman midfielder like Tottenham used to have with like Modric back in the day and like I think that them not having a talisman midfielder like that Kind of caused them to be more uh, counter-attacking based, and I think now Mourinho is doing less of that, and he's playing a much more gritty and like organized style. But it didn't really work when he was Man United's boss, and I don't know how well it's going to work in Europe. He may be able to get like a third place in the Premier League, but I he's never going to be first or second anytime soon the way Liverpool and Man City are playing. And I just, I don't know. I didn't like the, I don't, I don't like the way Tottenham plays now. I don't think it's a fit for the, if the, he can have a summer transfer window where he can get guys that he thinks fits. Uh, because it's a lot to because you're not going to get a full team in the winter transfer window. And like, you know, Liselso Bergwin Like these are good guys, but these type of guys were like, I'd sign in FIFA to be like a bench player if I was at Tottenham not a starter in the Champions League. And, of course, there's injuries to two, probably if there are three key players. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not surprised to see them lose, really. Yeah. But it, would, it wouldn't shock me to see them get a tie out of the next game. But I don't really see them, even if they do move on, I don't see them doing much. They, they don't excite me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this game was in... Uh, in yeah.
1: Germany? It was, no, it was... Uh, it was in
0: Tottenham. I, I believe... I'm pretty sure the Tottenham was at home, but I, either way, it, if they were the home team, it, it, it certainly did not feel like they were the home team. Uh, Leipzig actually... Uh, like they, you know, like I said before, I, I think Tottenham did have some really good chances, but Leipzig dominated the pace of the game. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I was saying no, the passing yeah. statistics, they yeah. had much more passes. Yeah, most of the chances that Tottenham had were counterattacks. So uh, I think that... Uh, when they go back for the second leg, uh, I think it's pretty much going to be a repeat. Uh, my score prediction is probably like, you know, one nothing again. Uh, yeah. Leipzig, maybe 1-1 or something like that, but I still think that uh, Leipzig I is going to throw. I, I think Leipzig is actually a dark horse for this competition. They have right. a, a solid... A really solid team, a solid manager too. Uh, nigelsman I believe oh, yeah. that's how you pronounce e. his name. Nagelsmann. Uh, yeah, he's you know he's young manager. He's he's very talented though. Um, and then you know, you um, we don't hear much about Leipzig because they're not like a, a big team, you know, like Powerhouse. Uh, or as of yet at least. But, uh, but they have some really good players. Yeah, I mean, Timo, yeah, they, yeah, they're a new team. Very yeah. good forward. Uh, yeah, Timo Werner's is very really good. They um, that, I saw uh, he
1: he got re-signed to play at Leipzig even more like longer. He he wanted to stay rather than go to a european giant which I'm yeah, sure. i remember yeah. he was rumored to go to liverpool a few years ago obviously they don't need him now but yeah yeah of he, could, he he pretty can. much could just pick wherever he really wants to go right now he's uh top form right now yeah, yeah and i would say he's probably what is he the favorite to beat the germany's euro oh, yeah, he's, he's probably going to be their
0: um star forward i mean he was for the at least for the first two games at the world cup he was there yeah. Uh, they're number nine, but then of course things happened. He got pushed out to the wing, and then was I think it was bench, but he's a very good player. Um, and I think also if he gets on a like scoring run, goes like, mm-hmm. you know, Leipzig could be, uh, potentially this year's or this year's version of Ajax from last year yeah. even Monaco, although maybe not as good because Ajax last year, which is exactly. they were just amazing. That that was gifted. one of the best uh team performances I've ever seen in a tournament like this ever. I mean it's unfortunate that they didn't get to
1: the final. Of course it's unfortunate um, that pretty much the whole team was ransacked after yeah, yeah, which yeah, is natural when you have overperforming yeah. young team. Ever, yeah. um, every big team's gonna want to take a piece of the pie. Yeah. But
0: yeah anyway, um I'm I think it's gonna be either one nothing
1: or one one. What's your uh, score um, prediction? I'd say I'd say two one Leipzig, I could see relatively really close game. But, I don't know, I just don't see Tottenham being able to go over the top right now. Especially not without Harry Kane. With Harry Kane, then it's a completely different story. I'd probably say that Tottenham is favored to win. But, I don't know. I don't see them winning. Yeah, this one. yeah, I agree.
0: Alright, um, on to the next match. Um, which is uh, Napoli versus Barcelona. Mm. Um, as a Barcelona fan, um, I don't know. I, I kind of have some mixed feelings about it. It wasn't uh, a perfect game by any means, um, but Barcelona did have some good moments. Uh, they clearly dominated possession. They uh, really choked Napoli out. Uh, Messi didn't really have that great of a game. Busquets was um, great. Yeah, Busquets was very good. Griezmann was actually very good. So was Nelson mm-hmm. Uh But on the flip side, journey furpo had a, you know, j- he just had a bad performance. I, it's okay. Like, every player has a one of those performances every while, once in a while and he's a young player as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah the first goal um, came from a mistake from him he lost the ball um, and it got played out to Dries Mertens uh, credit to Dries Mertens it was an amazing finish uh, he curled it in from outside the box and uh, now he is the, the record holder for most goals for Napoli he tied uh, Myrick oh, wow. uh record um, unfortunately he got injured as the match went on um, but uh, he played very well uh, and I think um Napoli they defended very well. Uh given credit for that. They defended really they a well. Very good defensive. Team uh yeah for they sure. I think they um you know, they limited Messi's um uh, uh, influence on the game. Every time Messi got the ball there was like, you know, three or four players around him uh just uh containing him. Uh and usually Messi's he's able to get around that but he just I don't know, this match wasn't that good. Uh, it wasn't bad just but but you know by messy standards it wasn't uh, an amazing game ter stegen was great he had uh, actually in my opinion i think uh, he's man of the match because he had mm-hmm. some like really essential uh, saves uh, that kept barcelona at a tie um, griezmann had a very good goal good build up play and i think that you know barcelona is having an injury crisis right now yeah uh, so. they're missing like you know so many uh, of their uh, first team That I think uh, I'm okay with this score, given the injury crisis, and also given that it's Kike Sentien's first, this is his first ever Champions League game, not just first Champions League game with Barcelona, Barcelona. just first ever Champions League game. Although, to be fair, I think this, I believe this is Gennaro Gattuso's first ever Champions League game.
1: Mm.
0: Um, But still, you know, uh, I thought this was a well-fought game, both teams... Uh, played their part, um, but the advantage with Barcelona, obviously, the the uh in my opinion, I think, when they go back to the Camp Nou. I think they'll be able um, to handle them. Yeah, I think that as good as Napoli was, Barcelona in the Camp Nou is just yeah. a whole nother level. E- like Even last season under Valverde, they just blew teams away in the Camp Nou. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, I would say, me 3-1 Barcelona. I think Messi... Have a good game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Griezmann gets a goal. A I goal. Could see a three 0 or so, three one. Yeah, I, I would say uh, Barcelona's defense, um, as of late, especially with injuries, hasn't been that uh, imperious. Uh, I would say, and not only that, Napoli with the attacking talent they have, I think they'll be able to get a goal, maybe even a goal or two. Maybe like four. The match could be like four two Barcelona, uh, or like three one. But I, I think Barcelona um, will be the the clear winners. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing I will say though, that might be a little tough, is uh, uh, Sergio Busquets. As good as he was, he did pick up a yellow, and now that means he'll miss the next uh, the second leg. Uh, Pique also went off injured at the very last uh, moment, so he'll probably miss uh, El Clasico this weekend, uh, and possibly the um, second leg. I don't think they've had an update for what how long his injury will be or how uh, severe it is, if it is severe at all. And then also Artur Vidal got sent off really stupidly as well. He, he got in an argument with the referee. It was, a, it was a bad foul in the first place. And then he got in a, an arguing match with, I think, Mario Rui. And then he got in the referee's face. And the referee gave him two yells and sent him off right there. So he's going to miss the second leg. Um, so it, it might be a little tougher uh, than usual because they're missing so many players on top of the injury crisis that they already have. But still, Barcelona, the Camp Nou, and not only that, you have Messi and your team. I still think Barcelona is going to uh, go through this pretty easily.
1: Mhm.
0: So, what's your uh score prediction? i uh, say three, 3 one sounds three one. fair. Yeah. Uh moving on from there, we have uh Chelsea versus Bayern. Now, Joey, I know you're a Chelsea fan. What is your opinion on this match? Like what well, how did it go through and what what did you think? Um
1: well, I do think that Bayern They played played very well. Uh, Obviously, having a transfer ban until this past window, they kind of limited the uh, quality Chelsea could put out in the field. And throughout the season, I mean, they've had games where, like, I'm impressed. And then there's games where there's a lot of growing pains. And, I mean, well, Bayern, they're not like the Bayern they were in, like, 2012 or 2013, they're slowly finding their form again. Where, like, I think, um, Lewandowski and uh, Alfonso Davies and uh, Narby, they're very world class. Like, that's a great rotation they have out there. And I think they were just able to, you know, first off, uh, Davies and uh, he's insanely fast and he was just able to just impose his will on basically anybody, any of the Chelsea defenders. Anybody on the outside, they don't have a very fast um unit in Chelsea. I like they have um a lot of players were like Cesar Asplaqueta and I I don't like it when like they stick him outside, and I don't necessarily like it when they stick anyone outside because I don't think they have the talent to play their typical Chelsea back formation and I've just I've kinda of expected results like this. So I'm not really surprised. And I mean, it is what it is. They don't have the they don't have nearly the attacking power to even score like three goals against a Bayern anyway. So as soon I mean as soon as they're getting like two, you kinda of realize it's over. And I thought Lewandowski kind of proved he's the best forward in the world. He was brilliant. And, I mean, I'm not really upset. I'm not surprised at the result. It's not going to be... Like, it, it's hard when you have such a young and inexperienced team with, like, Mounts and Abrahams. And, you know, it's kind of like a free a freebie year for Lampard. So, I mean, I'm not expecting anything in the second leg. Maybe, like, a 2-1 Bayern win. But, I mean, Bayern is just... they, They play very well. I do think that people were kind of overreacting a little bit. I kind of saw some people in the media talking about Bayern as, like, the favorites to win the Champions League now. I don't really think that's true. They, to me, still... I mean, they're not playing great in Germany right now. I saw they... Didn't they just tie, like one of the low table teams. I think think. so. I I know they tied Leipzig, uh, a
0: a week ago, about a week ago, I think. So, um, but you know, they just got a new manager. So,
1: you know, I just, I mean, it was a great win for them. And I do think that, uh, the duo of Mondowski and Gnarby are one of the top, maybe like three attacking duos in the league right now, in the world right now. Excuse me. And, uh, you know, I think they're gonna comfortably dominate the game next time they play Chelsea because that's just not how Chelsea plays right now. They don't have, they don't have the talent to be able to you know hang in there with Bayern. And I think that I mean they've had they've had their games in the Premier League this year, but they've also I mean you've seen Chelsea, the highs and lows this year. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. There, there's peaks and valleys with such a young team. And I think the team is going to look very different going into next year. So it's hard to really talk much about this current team when it's going to be very different. And most people know that they're going to go out and spend money over the summer because you can't just put this Chelsea team, and you can't just plug them in next year and expect them to do much better than they are right now. I mean, obviously, you won't expect some of the young players to grow, but, I mean, they're, they're not that... Like, it's not like you're looking at, like, Neymar's and Mbappe's and Chelsea. Like, they have some good players. I like Mason Mount. I think he has the potential to be really good. He could be, like, a Chelsea captain someday. But, I don't know. Yeah, I um, I think
0: that uh, this – like, I, I didn't really think that uh, Chelsea was going to win this. Uh, I know that Byron, their defense isn't that good. I, I was surprised that Chelsea weren't able to grab a goal. Um, but if I was a Chelsea fan – I wouldn't really be that disappointed. Like, obviously, I wouldn't be happy that uh, because don't You don't like lose, to lose. But um, if I was a Chelsea fan, I, I would I was still a little satisfied with what I saw, especially in the first half, because uh, Bayern, uh, well, I think by the end of the second half, they're up 2 nothing. But still, Chelsea had some really close chances. Um, Or actually, no, I think the first half was 0-0. I think zero. it was 0-0, yeah. Yeah, and then the beginning of the second That's half, Bayern just, pouring. like, exploded. Yeah, like, Chelsea, um,
1: they played well in the first half. Yeah, I and mean, like, I they would do, still say They, Byron, have their, they do have yeah. their moments. But yeah, they don't have, like, yeah. a finisher, really. They don't have a I guy... I think, yeah, there, Tammy just, Abraham was
0: on the bench, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then he came on in the second half. Um, and then, he I was, think he's coming back from injury. And then Conte was also missing. Uh, yeah, I think I mean, that was... Without Conte. Yeah, without... They, have, they <laughs> had no chance without you Conte. You really can't anymore. hold
1: your own against Byron. Yeah, they, they just lost Yeah. Like, so you lose that battle automatically without Conte. And it's just too much to ask a bunch of young kids to just... Be able to play with Bayern, yeah, and like the quality just isn't even. I mean, even with a Bayern team that isn't like very like they're nothing to write home about right now. Overall, they have their players, but it's not like Bayern in the past with like Ribery and Robin like peak form and like. Although I will will say,
0: um, Bayern in the league is not as strong and dominant as used to be. But in the Champions League, it's it's almost like they saved their best performances for the Champions League because. If you remember, they beat Tottenham like 7-72. Seven to 72. Oh, yeah, it was embarrassing. Um, they've had some crazy results so far
1: this year. They do, they do so, like playing against London teams know. Yeah, like. yeah. I think, they must, apparently, they love going to London. Yeah. That's like yeah. second, that, that's like Bavaria, <laughs> number two. Yeah. So I, I think that, home game um, there. yeah, I think that
0: uh, Bayern, like there's, I wouldn't say they're favorites, but they're definitely in contention just judging of how good they have been. Uh, in the uh Champions League games, and not only that, like you mentioned before, Lewandowski and Nebry, that's a um a crazy uh, partnership there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, Thomas Mueller's playing. And Thomas Mueller he's back to form. Uh, he he's he's to actually like, he kind of changed the way he's
1: playing. He's not um so much a a goal scorer anymore, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. has an he's insane amount of assists. brilliant faster this, this year. Um, and, and I, I I do like how uh, the offense in Bayern with Coman uh, too. they do have some they have they have some speedsters and they that's probably definitely the strength of their team and of course they have like Thiago in the midfield holding his own he's very good and just the defense definitely is the weakling for Bayern but when you have such a strong midfield where you're able to boss the game around like against Chelsea you don't the the defense isn't really like they're out of sight out of mind because Chelsea's not having as many especially in the second half Bayern was just imposing their will like, yeah, yeah Chelsea you, you wasn't uh, getting money you chances. mentioned Thiago.
0: I think obviously all the praise is going to go to Nabry and Lewandowski and deservedly so because mm-hmm. they were amazing but Tiago was also very very well I think he's an underrated player cause, definitely yeah um you know people talk about how good he is um uh, but not, not I feel like not enough um I think he's if you're to create a list of top 10 midfielders in the world he'd definitely, he'd definitely be, be in there. there maybe
1: not top five but he's but definitely somewhere in the like top seven, 10. eight because, like, um, when you have a team like Bayern, where, like, He's full
0: of superstars, yeah,
1: so. yeah. and, like, sometimes you forget, like, it's, like, back when they had uh, Xabi Alonso and Philip Lam, they had all these... And Schweinsteiger, he... Like, you had all these guys up, like, in the attacking section with, like, when Tony Cruz was there and with with Mueller back then. That's when, like... Mueller went through a couple of years where, like, he was kind of down on... Like, it wasn't, like... Like, he was... Like, he was never really, like, a amazing goal scorer but he also went like through some time where he wasn't really doing much and he was kind of coming off the bench and now he's like one of the best players on the team again which is good he's a veteran and he's a very smart player which is I think like that's like a staple of Bayern like a really smart pass first player and I think he's that and I think they need him to be that to play underneath like the young guys on the outside and Lewandowski I think it's important and I think it's very important to have a guy like Tiago Silva I mean not Tiago Silva Tiago uh, playing behind those guys, sort of, like, starting up the build-up play. Because you need to have, like, an anchor in the midfield. Because if you have a bunch of guys who are just going to run up and attack, sometimes your weakness is having somebody to stay back and, you know, control the build-up play, you know, play not like when Vidal was there. He's not like Vidal, where he's box-to-box, but he's 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 a uh, he's more like a he's a better passing worse defending Vidal I think where they he's the guy who they asked to play behind the front line of the midfield I think he does a great job of just starting up the play like controlling the flow of the game and that's really important on teams like byron where you need somebody like it's like uh David Silva a man city for years he'd play like i think i liken... uh Thiago to David Silva. Yeah, uh, I think um, uh, I wouldn't say Byron are
0: uh, the number one favorites, but I do think they're contenders. And as the season goes on, I think they might become more serious and serious contenders. Um, I think that Byron is a team that doesn't really take their foot off the gas pedal. Uh, They usually go always go for the jugular. Um, I think the second leg could get pretty ugly. I think it could yeah. be like 4-1. I not be surprised Byron. to see like... Um, I mean, if they could beat Chelsea 3-1, or 3-0 one or three in
1: London, imagine what it could be. In I wouldn't be surprised so. to see a 5-0 score line. Yeah. And it just depends on how bad Byron want to beat them. It's just like shooting a already wounded animal. Yeah. I guess uh, that's what Chelsea is. Come Even coming into the season, they're just a wounded animal. Yeah, And they're just not anything close to resembling the Chelsea, maybe even like four years ago, under like Mourinho. And they they need to find themselves, and when you have a young boss and a young team, there's growing pains, and they'll, they'll be happy to have a top four finish this year in the Premier League, and to try again next year, because I definitely don't see them, I don't see, they don't have enough to overcome a 3-0 home loss. So, so, uh, going
0: on from there, um, the next game we have up is Leon versus Juventus. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, out of all these matchups, most of them have been pretty interesting. I, I wouldn't say this one wasn't interesting, but just in comparison to the, um, uh, you know, we had games like, uh, two heavyweights, like Atletico and Liverpool, uh, going up against each other or Man City, Real Madrid, which we'll uh, mention later, or like, you know, PSG versus Dortmund, a very open, uh, game where this one... You know, it it wasn't bad, but it was compared to the others, it's kind of you want to see more of
1: a team um, wielding Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, that being said, uh, Juventus was extremely disappointing. I mean, they just didn't have a shot on target, they just, they just did not show Yep, no shot on targets, they just did not show up. Leon, credit to them, they came to play and they did. Um, the first half, uh, they absolutely dominated the game. Uh, like you know, one person may look at the scoreline and say, Oh, 1-0 Juventus or 1-0 Leon. They probably just parked the bus the whole time and, and nicked the goal off a set piece. It was like, no, they they thoroughly deserved their uh, the lead in the first half. They had shot after shot off the target. Chesney had to uh, make some uh, good saves. Uh, and in the second half, Juventus played a little better. Higuain uh, and Dabala, especially Dabala had some uh, good link on play. But still, wasn't enough. Uh, it was like too little, too late. Um, but that being said, uh, you know... Uh, you know Ronaldo in the uh second <laughs> second leg of Champions uh, yeah, League knockout really. rounds, and he did it last year uh when Atletico beat Juventus two nothing. We'll yeah. He came back, scored a hat trick. he did it for Real Madrid. Uh, Wolfsburg beat Real Madrid two nothing. The game came back to Madrid, Ronaldo scored yeah. a hat trick. <laughs> so well, I, I think it's, it's you know, more of the same I think is is gonna happen. Uh, I think the the game is going to come back to Turin. I don't think Juventus overall will have a great performance, but Ronaldo will carry the team. Uh, probably score a hat-trick, if not a hat-trick, maybe like two goals, two goals like a or something or like that. Fl- probably have um, a clutch goal at the end. Yeah, know, like, um, I think... Actually, I, I think... Debala will also show up because Dybala seems very motivated this season to prove himself. Mm-hmm. So next next game, even if Juventus don't overall play good, I think Dybala think, well. and Ronaldo will play really good.
1: I, I'm i going to go for a just 4-0 just Juventus. Waiting. I'm just waiting on like a... Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to so say you're predicting that they're going to have like a breakthrough type game. Uh well,
0: De Ball and Ronaldo, I think events overall Not might as a have team, some but yeah, individually. I think maybe two goals from De Ball, two from Ronaldo or maybe a hat trick from uh, Ronaldo, but De Ball gets a, a ton of assists.
1: I think um and Juventus, then, they they've kind of fallen to like the rely on Ronaldo trap. Yeah, but and, I mean they're getting too comfortable. If if you could choose one player to rely oh, yeah, on and it's uh, like, yeah. They went through. They've had. They they went through years where they didn't have to. They didn't have a Ronaldo, so they had to play as a team. And I thought they were brilliant. I mean, they're dominant in Italy. They had runs in the Champions League. And you know, you you think you had a Ronaldo and you're gonna win the Champions League, just like PSG with Neymar. Obviously, PSG didn't have the track record that Juventus has in the Champions League. But it feels like it's like a. You add Ronaldo, but. So you also get, like, these games where they have to... They play... They sort of play down to their opponents. And they don't... I don't feel like they're motivated enough to, like, put out, like, a trademark Juventus performance. Not usually, like... I'm not seeing it this year in Italy. They're kind of half, you know, halving their way yeah. through Italy. Yeah. And I, I, I feel think, like they're doing yeah. the same in Champions Like I'm just waiting for, a like, a really just trademark, like, win against a good team and uh, a good French team. I mean, of course, it's France, but they're a good team. They have some good youth players. Yeah, uh, I would say, though, Lyon is... Um, they're not
0: doing too well in Ligue 1 right now. I think they're eighth or something like that. Not only that, they're missing um,
1: uh, Depay, yeah. easily their Star best player. player. Uh, he's out for the rest of the season. So they're, they're sort so. of promoted because they, they kind of realize that maybe not going to go their way in France, but they do have a chance to have some upset victories in Jamies league so of course they're going to give it a little extra yeah and i yeah. think that's what they did uh against juventus i don't really think they're going to be able to hold it on next leg yeah uh, so sp- what would you? i your, see two nothing yeah it seems yeah, fair i can definitely see that and i know you think a little more because you think the some of the offensive firepower on juventus is gonna shine and yeah, I, yeah I, I think that i mean yeah, i wouldn't yeah. be
0: surprised to see ronaldo score like a hat trick I think Juventus defense might not be good. They might give away some, um, mm-hmm. you know, easy chances. But without the pie, I don't think Leon is, be, is going to be able to capitalize, capitalize uh, yeah. on those. So I think, like I said, I think the and Ronaldo are going to have a really good game between the two, and just them individually are going to blow away Leon. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, going on from there, we have our last matchup. Uh, it's Manchester City versus uh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid the you know, uh, obviously the record holding uh, winners of a James League uh, and Man City who have been banned no, for the yeah. next two seasons. Uh, uh, what was your reaction to the game, Joey? What was uh, what did you think I just about thought how, how the game
1: went down? I thought it was just really brilliant performance by Manchester City and uh, Pat in his tactics, where he knew that Real Madrid. I mean, they're not really having. A, this isn't like Real Madrid over the past few years, obviously. Because, I mean, Ronaldo, the Ronaldo factor. But, I mean, this is still a very talented team. And, of course, they have an aging midfield. They have defenders who are kind of... They're not at their peak right now. But, I mean, they have, you know, the young Brazilians that they're trying to, you know, grow. And they have they still have, like, you know, Tony Cruz is still... He's still probably one of the top five or six midfielders. He's He's still brilliant, but... They just, they're not a very, they're not a fast team. They're they are not a team that has, like, a deadly finisher anymore. Like, Benson was good, but he's got an older, too. Overall, it's just an aging team. And Manchester City is just, I would say, I mean, Liverpool won the Champions League, but I think that they have, I think Manchester City has the best team in the world. And no, I don't think that, I I would also say that they're the favorites to win. I think that they are what Bayern was in, like, 2012, 2013. They, I mean, of course, they're under Pep. I think they have a better team than Bayern did. They're just... I think De Bruyne is probably at least, like, the maybe the third, probably the fourth best player in the world right now. Maybe if you want to put Neymar in front of them. But, I mean, Pep did something interesting where he didn't start Aguero, and he was playing um, Jesus, and he was getting Jesus on the wings, outpacing. And the strength of Ronaldo's... I mean, <laughs> I said Ronaldo's... Uh, Real Madrid, that just goes to show you how important Ronaldo was for that team uh, the strength of their defense I mean R- Ramos is a still a great player but he's 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 Ramos he's he's a central back he's gonna stay sort of locked into the middle and when you have guys coming attacking on the outside is limiting what the defenders can do on the middle so the strength of uh Real Madrid's defense was their center backs in uh, Varane and Ramos and I think that Manchester City did a great job at Pulling Carvajal out and pull, or pulling Mendy out on the outsides, and you know they're the weaker links on the defense, and they were able to sort of control the game through the flanks. Like you, you have guys in the middle like uh, De Bruyne kicking it outside. and Of course, when Sterling came on, I thought he was fantastic. I think overall they played really good football, and they were just able to control the game against Real Madrid. And I think that this, I think it could have been worse for Real Madrid. I thought that the Ramos penalty was a little soft, but I mean, what do you expect when you're coming in behind somebody that you're going to take any contact and they're going to go down? And I mean, I still think that, I mean, while it's soft, it's still a penalty that I would give as a ref, just because like, you know, when you're running that fast into the box that any sort of touches enough to impede your progress. And I, thought, I mean, Ramos knows that. I do think it's kind of funny how many red cards he gets. Like, yeah, that's his 26th <laughs> in his career. That's that's almost like a whole seasons worth of red cards, which is crazy. And I, overall, it was just a really good performance by Manchester City and they're just proving that they're the best team in the world just being able to they have such good like attacking and they have uh, attacking creators like uh, De Bruyne and uh, Bernardo Silva. It's just great to watch and they're a very aesthetically pleasing team. Like, it's something that the neutral fan can appreciate because, I mean, they play, they not only have the possession, but they do things with possession, which I think teams like Juventus and Barcelona and Real Madrid, sometimes they don't really do with all the possession they have. And you saw with, like, Liverpool recently against Athletic, Like, it, there's one thing just to have the ball, but there's another thing to be doing things with the ball. And I, I was just watching, like, the clips from the game, it's just, De Bruyne pass over the top, beautiful lob pass, chip pass, like perfectly timed, perfectly weighted, like I, uh, it could have been much worse. Uh, I saw Jesus, he uh, had a brilliant pass to him. He cut, he cut the ball in. He got maybe like, he was like maybe like five six yards in front of the goal. I mean the ball went straight at the goalie, but that's an easy that, that's an easy goal if it goes a little bit more to the right or left. Or like those are moments where like you're saying, okay, it could be three four one Manchester City at the end of the game. It was just a thorough, uh, you know, dominance. And it's something that you, I've kind of been, over, over, uh, over the past uh, few years, like we're finally seeing the Manchester City that we've kind of been promised. In Europe, at least. In Europe, yeah, at least, yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, while Liverpool is going all out to win uh, the Premier League this year, I think Manchester City, they, you know, they won the Premier League, and now they're saying, okay, but now we want to turn to Europe. Because that's something that's kind of been eluding them for a long time. And yeah. they've had, you know, the really quality team for now, maybe like seven, eight years, where they've just been a really good team. But they've never been able to put it together until recently under Pep. And I think they're now seriously probably the favorites to win the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that, um you know... Credit to Real Madrid. I think they they didn't play terrible in the first half. Uh, I thought the game was pretty even. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams
1: had chances. Uh, Real Madrid. Oh, uh, I did see uh, I Veniscus. Yeah, junior, yeah, he, he slipped on that. S- although
0: to be fair, that was um, Laporte put himself. He put his body in the way of Vinicius, and the ball was also behind wanted, Vinicius, dude, yeah. Uh which shows how good the port, uh, how good of a defender Laporte is. I think he fits. Uh, Man um,
1: City although he did very get well. he did
0: get injured uh, yeah. at the come off, unfortunately for him. Uh, I will say uh, the lineup from Pep was very strange, uh, you know, with uh, De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva up top as essentially two strikers. Yeah, and, like taking, uh, they were taking kind of Aguero's spot. And yeah. Playing and like a false nines. Uh Gabriel Jesus as a left wing back. Uh, it was kind of strange. Uh, although, to be fair, you know, they, they won the game. Um, I yeah. think uh, given that Man City is banned for the next two seasons, uh, and also given the fact that Pep has not won the Champions League since Barcelona won in 2011, I think he is especially motivated to win this, uh, year. To win this year. And because of that fact, I, I will say that I agree. I think uh, Man City are the favorites for this. Uh, also, you know they're essentially out of their, uh, the race for the Premier League, so they're going to put all their, their effort into this. But yeah, and definitely in the, the second half, though, uh, I think Man City uh, played Real Madrid off the park. Uh, Real Madrid get the did get the, the opening goal, but that was more so just from a defensive mistake from Otamendi. Um, but, you know, it could have been more than 2-1. 2 one's kind of flattering to yeah. um, Real Madrid. Madrid. It could have been 3-1, 4-1. 4-1. Yeah. Uh, in my prediction for the second leg, uh, I think it'll be that. I think it'll be 3-1, 3-1. Um, to Real Madrid. Although, um yeah, uh, i not to Real Madrid I'll to say, uh oh to Man goodness. City. Uh, Real Madrid. Uh, obviously you know they're a powerful team. They do have some good players up top. I think they'll be able to get a goal given that uh, Man City hasn't been the best in defense. But this uh, Aguero is probably gonna play the second half for the whole game, yeah. um, and he's gonna be motivated to uh to score. Um, yeah, uh, Sterling like will be able to play the full game as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think they're, I can't look past, uh, yeah. Man City I, winning this one I pretty see comfortably.
1: I too. Probably 3-1. I wouldn't be surprised to see 4-1, but I'm going to say 3-1, just because Real Madrid does still have a really good team. Yeah, but not of that,
0: Courtois is in fairly good form. Yeah, Courtois oh, has been playing yeah, much better yeah. than Credit you know, to him. He, first he was, him. He You him. I criticized him a
1: lot last year, but he has been very good this season. Yeah. Uh, but you even know, still, there's, there's always some jitters when you go to a team like Real Madrid. and You're expected, you know, to yeah. be the, like this, like amazing. Yeah. So and he's an amazing goalkeeper. He just yeah, was, he's very good. Yeah, he, it was just a yeah. rough spell. Yeah, and it's and to be those, fair, it was it's a, it's a rough un- spell for un- the whole it's team in, yeah, as well. It definitely. Yeah, and it still, for the most part, is for most of the team. It's been it's not your typical Real Madrid, and for the most part, I mean, it's enough to get by. But you you know they're gonna come back soon, with, like. I mean, maybe Hazard's going to grow a little bit on the team, become more of, like, the guy that they bought, they, they wanted the that they wanted in him. and But they do have to find their answers in the midfield, and I think they do have the answer. if if You could always bump uh, Isco down, because you have the attacking depth, because they were playing him in more of an attacking position against Manchester City. But I think that once uh, Modric and Cruz are out of Real Madrid, I think Isco is a fine replacement to play. Because he can he can pretty much play anywhere in that central area of the midfield, central attacking mid, defensive mid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I think that he could be a good fill-in
0: yeah. after those guys are gone. On uh, on that note, uh, I think we're going to end our uh, Champions League uh, wrap-up right there. And we're going to have a short transition, and then after that we're going to move
1: on to our uh, yep. little before Q&A. We, before we pause this, yeah. uh I know it's not Champions League, but just a quick... Ten second like reaction to arsenal losing to vivacro. Oh my
0: god. Uh yeah, my one friend he's an arsenal fan, uh it's I I feel so bad for him. Uh yeah. It's Louise um, was pure yeah. awful. I don't know. I feel yeah. bad for Aubameyang too. Oh, he's yeah. such a good player. Same with Lagazette right. but Gondosi Yeah, Terreira too, but yeah. The, it's just It's arsenal. whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, there you go. It's yeah. It's Arsenal. <laughs> Alright, we are back and uh, right now we are going to go into a Q&A segment. So we have uh, uh, some questions here from our friends on Facebook uh, from multiple Facebook groups as well as our Instagram account. Um, so the first question is uh, from our friend Christian uh, and he asked, if Manchester City gets banned from the Champions League for the next two years, who's your favorite to win the spot for uh Champions League qualification? Uh, in my opinion, um, I think that as of right now, obviously, the one team in uh, the top four that usually isn't there is Leicester. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. I, I don't know if they'll be able to sustain that because they're having a great season, but I don't know if they'll be able to uh, keep up that I mean, form. What was it for Liverpool playing so well. They, people will be talking about them winning the title again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, I was, as of right now, I don't think Arsenal is anywhere near that. Um, uh, same with Manchester United. Although mm-hmm. they have been getting better, um, I could see, I could see Tottenham um improving under Mourinho in the, in the next season and or next season yeah, or two once
1: they find their players, the right, they're right fit. I think Chelsea definitely
0: uh, is going to improve over the next season. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at like, what team would get in? That I mean, are we saying what team would get get in, would, would get in that wouldn't get in? Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. You know, so top team, four. So the team minus like one who would be, yeah. So like whoever would be like in fifth or something. Unless yeah. the Manchester City in the top four, which they will be, obviously. Whoever's in fifth will get it. And are we just talking England, or are we talking? Yeah, we're talking England. Yeah, right? yeah just England. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I I think that uh. For next year, well, or is it going to be whoever's the highest this year? That's going to be. I am not sure exactly how it works, but I I think it's just.
0: Um, what, what I assume is, it's just who's the highest because that seems the most fair, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh Luster get in. I'd like to see them get in. I think that they are, you know, a very good team, a very sound team. They have a good defense. Uh, obviously losing Harry Maguire, is pretty big, but they do have some talent. And I, I really do like uh James uh, Madison great uh, midfielder. He might. He's linked to a bunch of other teams in the transfer window over the summer, but I think if they could keep him, and of course you have like your mainstays like Vardy, I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, do pretty well. At least maybe get into the round of 16 if they have a favorable group. So my pick is probably Leicester City. Um, all right, our next question here, it's not so much a
0: question as it is a controversial opinion, uh, and our friend Inkayid, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, he says, Paulo Dybala is better than Hazard, Salah, and Mane. Hmm. Um, well, I would say at the moment, I would have to disagree um, on current form. I actually I could see definitely better than Hazard but then again Hazard is injured he's also adjusting to Yeah uh, Real Madrid. adjusting to Real Madrid. Uh Salah um and Mane I don't know they they're just having great seasons. De to be, to his credit is also having a great season. Mm-hmm. Um I do think that he has the potential has to the potential to be better than, all, be better than all, of all of them. I don't think he's there um, yet. But I yeah, I, I don't think he's there yet. Who do you
1: think is better than him out of those?
0: Um I mean Last last season, all three of them were better than ball. Hazard had a great season with yeah, Chelsea. Definitely. Salah, obviously, you know, great season. Although not as great as a 2017-18 season, mm-hmm. but still, Champions League yeah. winner. Mane, again, also Champions League winners did great. Um, but, I don't know, I, I think, like I said, I think the Bala is, you know... People talk about him being the next Messi. Obviously, he's not sure. at that moment, and uh, not not at that height yet. I don't think it'll be he'll be ever to get reach that oh, yeah. height. Um, but Most still, people ever to play soccer, won't reach you, that you still you see the talent he has. The it's whole have games where he'll just you know uh, like pull a magic trick out of a hat like and against football. um against barcelona in the 2017 it's champions league mean, he's he was just, just unplayable invisible uh, but then oh yeah and then other games will just be Let's absolutely invisible. invisible you know like uh real madrid against real madrid both times oh in the God, yeah. uh, champions league for the last uh couple seasons so i i don't know i think he has a potential I, i'm not sure if it's an attitude problem or maybe it's just positioning because last season he had a very bad season yeah. but it was also ronaldo's first of course, like there, when you're adjusting, so when you're yeah.
1: underneath, like when you're like, of course, Ronaldo's gonna be the guy up top, and he's gonna be the one who's gonna be finishing the chances. And if Ronaldo, if uh, what's the, if um, DiBala could be like the Robin to Ronaldo's Batman, I think, like similar to how Neymar was with Messi, I think that that would be ideal, and like he could play underneath Ronaldo, and so eventually Ronaldo's gone, and he'll pass the torch to, to DiBala which is what I'm sure most people in event, in Turin would like to see happen. And I think he has the potential to do that, but I don't know. I need to see more out of him. I'd probably put him eh, right now. Definitely not above Salah. Um, I really do like Hazard, even though he's not playing well and he's injured. But I think I did used to say that Hazard was the best player outside of Spain. And oh, that was before Ronaldo went to Italy. And although I don't still think that, like I don't think he's like, because back then I was saying he was like the fourth best player in the world because of Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi. I don't think he's fourth or fifth. I'd probably put him at like 10 or 11, but I still think he's above Davala. And I think Mane is probably the closest one to Dabala just because I attribute Liverpool's success more so with Salah than... Mane, not just knock Mane or anything but i i'd probably I still put him above Dabala by a little bit but I think they're very similar and we I'd have them ranked probably were like around thirteen or fourteen in the world like still like elite but there's definitely some room for Dabala to improve and be like fourth or fifth best player in the world i I think um and this might be a little controversial I think he has the most uh raw
0: uh, technical mm-hmm. talent out of them, you know. Yeah, you just, exactly. you just look at his, his free-kick techniques or some of the passes he's able to do. Or the, uh, with, the all the other, with all the other guys, so. like,
1: you've seen them now at the peak. You haven't seen ball at his peak yet. Yeah, like, Oh, hopefully. hopefully uh, I, hope so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope his peak isn't, like, like yeah. him being at 25 or something. Because yeah. you always want to, like, you want your peak to be around 28, 29. Yeah. You know, you're still, like, peak athletic ability, but yeah. your mental game is also there when you're older. Yeah. Like, when you're younger, like, Dybala is, like, the maturity, the discipline, like, it's not all there yet. He has to develop a little more of that mentally, Even though he has the ability, it's sometimes, it's just a question of being able to put it together on a consistent basis. And that's something we haven't seen him been able to do his career, because he was kind of heralded as, like, the next, like, you know, more like the uh, Italian, like the Argentinian type of, like, Neymar, or something, somebody like that, like a Messi. Because he also, he has to play with Messi. He has, this poor kid has to go from playing with Messi and like being compared to Messi to going over and playing with Ronaldo. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's bouncing between like the two greatest players of the generation. He's constantly and I don't think it's unfair cuz that could be why he's struggling at times cuz he's being compared to the two best players of the past like 30 years and it's ridiculous. And I mean he he's a great player and I just think it's unfortunate that he's I mean it's fortunate for him cuz he gets to play with amazing players but there's also a downside to that. Which is you're compared to these amazing players, and I think that eventually I think he'll get out of the shadow of these guys once they get out of the way, and I think we'll see thevala at his uh potential, and I think he could easily be the best guy on that list in like two years three years yeah yeah i I hope so for him I, he's a player i I love to
0: watch um and not only that uh you know he, he in the James league as well as the Copa America last season, he had some good performances, but it always felt like he just didn't get the playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for his sake, I hope so. I hope he gets, um, I hope he gets up there. Our our next question here is from uh, Camilo and he asks, uh, who do you think will win the the Euro this year? Cause I'm seeing French defenders being weak this season. Um, and I, I agree. I, I think that France, um, we talked about this the last episode a lot uh, While they are the reigning world champions, Mm. they weren't dominant champions. And because of that, I don't think that they will uh, defend their title as a world champion in the Euros. Uh, In my opinion, I think it's going to be between uh, Portugal, England, Mm. and the Netherlands. Uh, Those are, in my opinion, the top three uh, strongest options. Obviously, Germany, even though they're coming off a terrible World Cup, they're still Germany. Um, they have immense great talent. Uh, Spain still have a star-studded squad. Yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, Belgium as well. Belgium. Um, mm. they have a star-studded squad, as um along with Spain. And uh, there's a few other teams that could be dark horses. Um, but I think it's going to be between Portugal, England, and Netherlands just by. Um, Portugal. Uh, you mentioned Ronaldo. Uh, you know, obviously he's getting old, but. He finally has a castro. Yeah, he finally has you know, you get Jal Felix up top and Bernardo right, Silva. Uh Felix. and then you have uh, you know, other uh, Nelson Semedo, uh Pepe's still there, Rui Patricio's still a reliable goalkeeper. Um the team is just a good team. Andre Silva as well, he's a, a decent player. Um and then Ronaldo, uh, even as old he is, he's still uh such a deadly finisher. Uh and in tournaments like these, um this is where he thrives in. So I think, actually, yeah, I think that um, Portugal are probably the number one contenders. Um, and they're a team I like to watch too. So I, I for personal reasons, I hope they do well. Um, back to back Euro winner. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see. Um, Netherlands, on the other hand, uh, they might be a slight underdog. Uh, I think they. one thing they are missing is a. a, a like, out, out, outright number nine. But oh, yeah, yeah, beyond that, the they team is a deep team. star squad. It was, um, the team is just loaded. Like you mentioned, uh, I still can't pronounce his name, but the guy that just got signed by Tottenham, I believe he's Dutch. The uh, first one? Uh, yeah, and, and then uh, Depay, hopefully he comes back uh, for injury. You have Wijnaldum, uh, De Jong, oh, yeah. uh, Van de Beek uh, in midfield. Uh, and then, of course, in defense. This is where it's insane. You have uh, De Ligt, Van Dyke, <laughs> and De Fry three of, of the, the best world center backs and, and then uh in goal you have ja- uh jasper Sillison Cittis- so Ocellus. who's a, a yeah, solid, very reliable goalkeeper um, the- i think the difference is if Memphis Depay comes back from injury in time uh, if he misses the euros uh i think they won't be as serious contenders mm-hmm. uh, but if he's there i think that you know they're definitely up there uh the third one i mentioned is england um we talked about England uh, a little bit in our last episode. We talked about how they they kind of got lucky, uh, with a favorable draw to the uh, semifinals of the World Cup. Yeah. Uh but this time I think uh, their their team is better now than it was at the World Cup. And you look at a guy like Raheem Sterling. Oh yeah, he's playing um, the best of his yeah player. best of his life, and then uh, hopefully Harry Kane comes back from injury. But even if he doesn't, you have you can even call up Jamie Vardy, you can call up Tammy Abraham, uh, Marcus Rashford. Uh, they have an abundance of talent. And Jordan, oh, Sancho. Jordan it, yep, yeah 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 that's him sounds too like he uh, wasn't
1: there when he in the World Cup. Yeah uh, and then uh, Harry Maguire in defense oh, yeah. he's um, playing amazingly for Manchester United. They have I think they've like the second in uh, clean sheets in the Premier League I think.
0: Yeah and then uh, in midfield uh Jordan Henderson. He's a very underrated player but he yeah. is um as he's shown for Liverpool has been very good. So in my opinion those are the top 3. Uh who would you say uh, is here? um for me
1: um I'm going back and forth between the Netherlands, and then, I mean, I don't want to, like, just throw away, like, Bel- like not uh Germany and Spain, because, like, they have such, like, quality teams, but, I don't know, I just don't think it's going to be a Germany or Spain this year again, and I do think Germany's going to bounce back and beat, in, at least in the semifinals this year, like, from that disastrous World Cup they're going to need to, so. and I do think that they have a good team. Uh, but I would probably put my favorites as, um, Netherlands, like we, you just talked about, you pretty much summed it up. And I do also, um, this is going to be the last major tournament that I'm going to put them as one of the favorites because they haven't won anything. It's Belgium. And I think that, I mean, if they can't win it now, then they're never going to win. Because, I mean, this is the peak of their golden generation. Like, these guys are now finally at the age where this is the best they're going to be ever. I mean, De Bruyne has a case to be the third best player in the league, in the world. I keep saying league, world. I think he's a brilliant player. And I think that they do have, they have they have talent around him. I mean, Lukaku's a great target man up there. And I think, uh, you know, Vertonghen still, and Alderweireld, the Tottenham duo, they're still very good. And I think that they have uh, enough with Hazard, of course, and his and his brother Hazard. Both of them are really good players. A Whistle down the middle. I think that they have the pieces. Just I just want to see him put it together. I don't know if Roberto Martinez is the right manager, but, I mean, this is... I just I just need to see, like, this is the last tournament we're going to put them as the favorites or top two. Just because they just have the talent. And it's just, if they can't win now, then they're never going to win. So even though, like, Netherlands seems to have, like, like the complete team, the team that's well-disciplined, well-coached, they, like, they don't really have a weakness except for like the target, number nine. But I mean, when you have enough players outside of that, like that's enough to hold your own against anybody. And I think it's really important to have a good core, like central midfielder, central backs, and that's something the Netherlands has. And I think that that's something that Belgium sort of has too. And I think they just have the most gifted passer, and I really do value passing. And I value controlling the flow of the game. I just, I'd just i like to see them take more initiative this year. I, I completely forgot. I just glanced over uh, Drees Mertens. Dries, Dries Mertens is still... He's playing amazing football for N- Napoli. And I think that he's someone who could be one of the impact players of the tournament. And the last team that I do think has a legitimate chance to win, that I would say is one of my favorites, is I do think that we could see something special out of Italy this year because I really they they have a lot of young players, and I think that they are sort of revamping their team because of the generation before them they're, they're finally starting to retire, they're starting to lose their form, and I think that they will show us how you know how upset they are for not making the world cup last time, and I think that we'll see. Something along the lines of how last time we saw them in the Euros, where people kind of looked at the team, and I think this is a much better team, But people looked at that Italian team, and they kind of thought, like, what is this team? Like, really, this is your brain of the Euros? And they made a great run, and they were one of the best teams in the tournament. And I think that we could see something similar to this team, and I think the, uh, Verratti would probably be the player I would uh, key the, be the key to their victory, just because if you can control the middle of the park and be like the gateway from the defense to the offense, I think that he's going to be the cog that powers Italy if they want to win. And, I mean, I do st- we have to talk about France just because they won the World Cup. And, of course, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win the Euros, but I don't know if they're my favorites because they didn't play that well, as you said, to win the World Cup. They played fine, but they didn't have like that you know, Germany or Spain type play. And again, nobody really did, as we talked about in the last episode. But uh, to me, I'd need to see some development, like mentally out of the French team where they become more cohesive as a unit rather than just a bunch of really good players playing together, which I think is what they essentially were in the World Cup. It was just a bunch of individuals who were just so good that they were able to outskill any team like, we, we see Pogba at his peak. We see Mbappe at his peak. We see Dembele at his peak. And Griezmann. These guys are amazing. But then you stick them all on France. And it feels weird saying this because they won the World Cup. But, like, you stick them all together on one team. And, like, you just don't see, like, what you would think you see. Like, you don't... The, something's not adding up. Because this is a team that looks like they should be scoring, like, five goals a game. And, like, they have an amazing defense. They have amazing midfielders. It's just... If I wouldn't be surprised to see them win, but they're not my favorites, but if they can start playing more together, if they can start having more of a defined style, which I think could be Led by like a Pogba. I think oh, their strength is is Aside from skill, I think that they're really good at a uh, very uh, attack minded uh, possessions I think they need to have their foot on the gas. I think that they need to play hard-pressing defense, get the ball up. Because they have really good, they fast outside backs. I mean, the Mendes, of course, they have guys that that can just bring the ball up the wing and then they can either cross it into the target guys in the middle or they could kick it back out to the Pogbas and, like, they can pass their way into pretty much the net. They pass their way into victory. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. I don't want to see just Mbappe trying to challenge three guys at once, trying to dribble his way through. Because that's not going to work. I think you need to work together as a team more. I think, like, Dembele, I need to see a bit more out of him. Because he's another one of those players where he has so much talent. And it's, I mean, of course, injury riddled. And he's kind of always going to be like that. But I, I'd i like to see France use this hero as a kind of just like, hey, we're not, like, we're not like a fluke. Like, we are, like, the best. This is, like, the generational team right here. Like, we're not just some average winner, like, Like, we're going to show you that we deserve that World Cup win and we deserve this Euro win. So I think, like, you have so many European teams this year that have just so much talent. And I think this is, like, the first time in a while where, at least in my opinion, uh, aside from Brazil, I think that all the top eight teams are European, so I probably have, like, Brazil in there. But I think at least, like, the top four teams are all European. There's just so much talent. There's just... Because, I mean, you look at the teams that are the best in the world right now, are Liverpool and Manchester City, and most of their players are European. So, of course, most of the players on European countries are the best in the world. But, you know, yeah, again, my favorites are Netherlands and Belgium. I think that one of them will win. At least I hope so. So, uh, you mentioned... Um you know, some South American countries there. You
0: mentioned Brazil, uh, going off of this question, uh, obviously, uh, at the same time as the Euros of summer, the Copa America will take place, uh, in both. It's being co-hosted in, uh, Argentina and Colombia. Um, so who do you think is, um, gonna, who do you think is gonna win the Copa America in your opinion? I'd say Brazil.
1: I think that we will see some, um, good play out of them. uh, I um the big uh question I have for them is not so much Neymar related, it's and I do think they've a very good defense. Which is something they haven't had in the past couple of years they have had, but they were uh so they've been so reliant on like Diego Silva. But I mean now that he's older, but you're seeing younger guys stepping up and you're seeing a more complete team around him on defense. I think that the biggest question is actually uh, sharing up the center of the park in midfield, because they've they they've kind of bounced between like you know your Paulinos and uh, you have different guys uh sitting in the middle like back they had Oscars back when he was they never really had like a very like gifted midfielder in the center they've had amazing guys on the outside, and I think like Casemiro he's a he's a, um very good defensive midfielder but he's showing some pretty poor form in Real Madrid this year. And I do think he's just getting overworked. I feel like because he's having to make up for lack of uh, the lack of pace around him, like the the age around him, and Cruz and Modric, and I think that that's going to carry on to Brazil. And of course, like Fernandinho is getting older. Like they don't have like that, like they don't have somebody like a uh, Francis Conte, and like Spain has like coquets and Sauls. Well, like, they do have uh Mello. Um, although he is young, but yeah. I think
0: he's a very creative midfielder, and it's a uh, I think it's it's kind of strange for a country like Brazil that's so talented with uh, uh, football players that usually you don't see a talented midfielder, like a shabby-like midfielder from Brazil mm-hmm. usually you see like these creative uh, wingers yeah, and strikers really uh, but uh, Artur, is, Artur is the uh, unique one in that he is a shabby-like player, and um, I think he's, uh, you know, so I saw in the Copa America he was amazing in the at least in the latter stages, mm-hmm. especially in the final. Um, I think
1: that probably, like, if he plays well, then I think that the rest of the team is good enough where if we can see a really strong midfield led by him, and this will be, like, this is kind of like, if he can show us this, uh, this go-around that he's legitimate, like, that's two tournaments in a row, he's playing over well for Barcelona, and like he, I feel like he'll be one of those guys who'll be talked about a ton. Like there's always like those stars of the tournament, where I feel like if the Brazil has a good uh, tournament, a model it will be on the back of him. And I feel like he'd be, he'll be getting a lot of uh, media coverage, and he will be like, uh, it's hard because lots of times people just associate the type of player with goals, and sometimes it's more than just scoring goals, and I think that. Of course, Neymar's going to be the one, that, he's probably going to be the one bagging the goals, him and uh, Firmino. And of course, we I didn't even talk about Coutinho. Like, they have such a gifted uh, front area, and they have great back. They have an amazing goalkeeper in Alisson. It's just like, if I can see a strong center of the park in midfield, then they are probably going to win. And they're probably going to have a very trademark Brazil-type tournament, where I think like, their biggest competition is like Argentina and Chile and Uruguay. And I think that just they're a much better team than those three teams. And I wouldn't be surprised to see like Uruguay make a good run and Argentina led by Messi. Just Argentina's another one of those teams where I feel like they have, like they, of course, they have the ball. We were just talking about Dybala being possibly one of the best players in the world soon. It's just we haven't seen it with Argentina. And I we did talk about this a lot in the World Cup episode. But, I mean, they would probably be my second choice. But I do think Brazil is at least my opinion, the clear favorite to win.
0: Yeah, um, in my opinion, uh, I'm going to go on a, on a limb here and say uh, Argentina is going to mm-hmm. win. Uh, and I know it sound, it might sound a little crazy uh, considering how many problems they've had over the past, uh, especially over the past year and a half, or two years, really. Um, but, you know, this tournament is in Argentina. And yes, I, I know the last time they hosted the Copa America in 2011, they were uh, very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I just think uh, this is going to be one of the last it's I, I mean i don't think it will be Lionel messi's last tournament but it's it's um you know kind of nearing the end on his career inter- internationally speaking of course but um i also think uh argentina finally uh, found a system that works uh their manager Lionel scaloni has um been able to find uh just a you know a pattern uh that's it's getting it's working getting results i mean you saw the last the end of the Copa America, they were able to get third place. Uh, I, they did lose in the semifinals, but it was to Brazil, eventual champions and uh, host nations. Uh, and their uh, recent friendly results, they've uh, tied Germany, they've beaten Brazil, and they've had some a uh, few other good results. Um, while their squad isn't as star-studded as, star as it has been in recent years, they still have as you mentioned before Tabala uh-huh. and then they have Aguero up top as well. Di Maria. Uh Di Maria and then um you know hopefully Benega gets called up. um uh,
1: Martinez. Yeah uh, that's
0: right, yeah Lato Martinez who was he was great in the Copa American he's great he's been great for inter so I think that um they'll really pull it together. They'll I think Messi will have a great tournament and I think they um I think they will eventually be champions. Champions. Um although I do think um uh, I think Uruguay, uh, as good as they have been and has as solid and consistent of a team they've been for the past few years, I just think this year it might not work out because of just their star players are starting to get old. I mean, Suarez sure, I mean, Suarez, Suarez might not even yeah. be able to play in the tournament. Suarez, Cavani, um, Godin, they're all, yeah. The, Cavani's getting old. Okay. Godin is getting very old. I, mean, I heard somewhere Cavani was um, thinking about going to the MLS soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. He might. As go As soon as, did, as that you know, happens, you kind of know. like Okay. He's yeah. Little, um, he's, he's
1: over the hill. Muslera is getting old. Uh, other guys, Caceres, Cuates. So you get the sense of yeah. like their luck is finally kind of running. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's asking a lot of a nation of like four million of like country the size yeah. of like Alabama or whatever to be consistently putting out like a top eight finish yeah. in World cups and, yeah. and uh, Copa America runs. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of really, I kind of, it's kind of similar to teams like Croatia or Belgium in Europe where like they have such so tiny populations and it's weird how good that they're a generation yeah. they've had. But it's, uh, then you also realize, okay, well, it's not gonna, there's not going to be a generation like this for a while in this country. Yeah. Like, we kind of just got lucky to see it now.
0: Although, I will say Uruguay's midfield is looking uh, pretty strong. Uh, I mean, Torreira um, yeah, is, is very good. And also Fede Valverde for uh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid yeah. uh, and then Ben Tankor and in Juventus as well. I, I think that um, I'm not writing them off. Um, I don't think they'll win. But, you know, uh, I think if they were going to win, uh, 2019 was their chance to win the Copa America. Going on from there, uh, Chile. I don't yeah, think no, Chile is going to do not? good. Seriously. I was I was surprised that they made it as far as the semifinals last time. Um, their team is is getting old. Um, uh, you know their best players, uh, from the past years like Sanchez. He, uh, I mean granted he's been okay at Inter, but still it's not the old yeah, Sanchez we you know. Vidal is still very good, but still he's he's also getting old. Uh, Ido Vargas, uh, as well. I mean, how many tournaments can he <laughs> play at the top level? Yeah. uh you know Bravo is getting very old Medel is getting very old and then it's the problem is you don't really see um replacements for these guys no, popping up not. um i mean i will admit uh Eric Pulgar has been very good he's uh, you know he's the uh center midfield i think he's currently playing for Fiorentina mm-hmm. um he's very very good um he's he's young but uh, other than him i don't really see many uh, young Chilean talent coming out uh, uh, comparable to that I, of I also do uh, think Sanchez Medell Fargas Vidal
1: like it doesn't always happen but I, lots of times when you have a country like that's kind of in turmoil it's hard to focus on like sports and soccer and Chile right now protests and yeah, you know yeah, things are yeah. really like speaking aside from football there's a lot of just chaos going on and it's hard to really find like the time to rally around your team when there's just so much going on just the focus isn't on soccer right now in that country and it's asking a lot a lot of those guys play like it's a small country so a lot of the guys are domestic players where like they are out there like in the country like while all this crazy stuff is going on and like it's just hard to focus on the game like having your practices and you know maintaining the team having like uh, making the decisions it's just there's a lot going on you're distracted it's a distraction and it, i mean it's an important distraction because it's like your country and how it's being run it's just unfortunate that it's happening right before like a tournament and i think that'll be like enough to kind of throw them off and like maybe they will make it like into like the quarterfinals but i don't, I don't really see them being that much of a threat to win yeah uh i,
0: I will say um i agree with that point um i think uh one nation I forgot to mention, I think Colombia um, has can do a serious run. Yeah. I, I mean, I was surprised that they uh, exited the Copa America in the way they did last time. They were very good. Um, I mean, arguably the best team in the tournament up until the quarterfinals where they just um, kind of just didn't show up. Um, but, you know, if Jamez gets playing uh, good again, I think they could definitely make a strong run, maybe even a win given that they're uh, co-hosts. Um, but, you know, to be honest... I wouldn't be surprised if Brazil just wipes the floor with everyone. Yeah, just judging by player quality, I mean, you mentioned it already. They're easily the best team in South America. You can even make an argument that they're the best team in the world. Right. Um, I just I wouldn't be surprised if they just wipe the floor yeah. with everyone. I just don't think that. Um, it, it's sometimes it's hard to defend a title like that. Um, and it's an international tournament. Sometimes things don't go your way. Um, I don't think they will, but I will not be surprised at all if they For just sure. it just. It, have a dominant performance and just steamroll everyone um so uh going off from there uh we are uh, running out of time a little bit so we're going to answer a few more uh uh, questions Mm -hmm. uh kind of a little uh rapid
1: fire questions if you want to uh pull it up um so um rapid fire questions we have one um from andres castillo he says uh he asked if uh, bernardo silva and de bruyne are going to uh Escape City if the UEFA ban goes through. You think they're going to leave? Um, if uh, so, what was the question? So, if they if uh, if the UEFA
0: ban goes through, are they going to leave oh. City? Um, I don't think so. I, I think they have a uh, Pep said that he's not leaving. Um, I think they have a good relationship with Pep, and even with even if they're not in the Champions League, they're still serious contenders for uh, mm-hmm. major silverware in the Premier League and FA Cup, and things like that. So, no, I don't think they're they're going to leave. Um, you wanna... all right, so um so this is kind of a uh Nick says, do you think that Arsenal should liquidate the club and start over because <laughs> they are not in the best of
1: form uh, right now <laughs> I mean they're a joke, and i I seriously think that what I would do if if I was in charge of like Arsenal and now I was playing FIFA with this team what I, like, because that's, like, the only way I could think of this is, like, because i never managed a team, it's, like, a FIFA manager, if, like, your team is just, I don't it's just such a dysfunctional team, you just, you just, top to bottom just wipe everybody, like, I don't, like, you don't, obviously, don't sell a team as big as Arsenal, and, like, they're a cash cow, but, like, there's obviously problems if you're, you have this much income, like, you're making this much money around the world, you're a big name like Arsenal, and, like, you're, like, you're not going anywhere, and you're, your big your big money players like uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette like while they're playing good like it's it's there's not enough and like the guy you brought in how long has he been here oh is it like seven eight years where like he came in he was amazing Real Madrid and he he hasn't gone like more than like 10 percent 20 percent of a season playing like how he did play for Real Madrid it's just ridiculous and part of that's in the management part of that's in the players but I mean they they were probably the most disappointing team of the decade, I'd say, of the 2010s, Arsenal. Because, like, the amount of talent they've had and, like, the income, and they can't do anything with that. I think they need to talk about, they need to sell everybody and just restart, like, if that means, like, in the relegation battle, then whatever, so be it. But you just gotta get, you have to completely wipe the shit. Like, and you have some young players to build off of. They have, a, like, Joe Willock and um, Gondosi. They have a lot of young, like, midfielders. They have the talent. I mean, even Bellerin, uh, you could keep him. But there's just, there are a lot of guys that you could sell for a ton of money. And I'm sure you'd be fine. Maybe you'd have one or two years, like Chelsea right now, where, like, they're kind of, eh. But, I mean, if they did that, I feel like in three years they could be, as long as they find the right manager. But they could be fine. But, yeah, right now, just get rid of most of the guys and most of the coaching staff and most of the ownership. It's just, everybody needs to go. All right, from there,
0: we have our next question. If you do that one. Which one?
1: Uh, yeah. This one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Bosman ruling killed... Oh, wait, 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 wait. <coughs> mm, no, not that one. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Um, your thoughts on Barca's signing of uh, Martin Braithwaite and how it will affect Ligonais? All right, so that question's from uh, Robert from Robert Hurtado
0: um, I uh as a Barcelona fan, uh, I have mixed feelings about this one. Um because when I first heard that, you know, uh Braithwaite being signed, I was like well, why him? You know, I I to be honest, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> um and then um you know, doing a little research, uh I found out that he actually was very good for Leganés. Uh he wasn't there for that long, so but he's a goal he scorer. Yeah, he's he's a solid player. Uh yeah. but Calvin afloat. Uh from a Leganés point of view, I'm pretty sure they're nineteenth in the league table right now that's in the Liga, um, and losing a player like that, I, I think that's I think uh, they, very. Uh, it's you he's, know it's terrible. He scored for like all but three of their goals. I think. Yeah, and then um, uh, Leganés was not able to sign a replacement because no. obviously this transfer was done outside of the transfer that's window, champions. and because of that, Braithwaite can't play in the, the champions, champions League, league. Um, until next season if he's still there, um, and. To be fair, uh, uh, Braithwaite only played one game. Um, he came on as a sub on uh, Barcelona's last game in La Liga. And in that little time he played, he got uh, essentially two assists. He played very good. So, um, part, yeah, like I said, part of me is happy that he's here because he's obviously a good player. But then part of me is also kind of, um, I feel bad for Leganes. And then furthermore, um, I think that the situation that we needed to sign him was created out of the Barcelona board's own incompetence. Oh, yeah, um, because uh, yeah, the they, they, obviously the no one could have seen this the, injury crisis I mean, coming with Suarez. You know. uh, well, Suarez, you know, he's out for the season. Dembele, <laughs> while he does get injured, they weren't expecting him to be injured for essentially the rest that's of the season. That's why you have to sign um, like, back up the but, money. Yeah, on top of that, they, they sold or, well, they loaned out Carlos Perez, who, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I, I think he's a great player. He's very young, but I think he's a great player. I don't know why they loaned him out. And then they also sold Abel Ruiz, who... You know he hasn't really proved himself at Barcelona, but still, um, he's an attacking forward, and Barcelona at the moment, They're already um, other, on that. other than Braithwaite, they only have three attacking players: Messi, Griezmann, and Ansu Fati. Who can't really rely on Ansu Fati so because, he's, <laughs> uh, yeah, as talented as he is, he's a seventeen-year-old. Um, so I think that this uh, situation was created by Barcelona themselves, and furthermore, I, I don't know why they um, went out of their way to sign Braithwaite when. In reality, Barcelona has this great um, youth program with yeah. La, uh, La Masia. Why don't they just into your pockets Why don't they one? just um, you know promote a, a youth Gunfire. striker it, that would have been, in my opinion, much more cost effective because uh, he didn't have to pay millions for Braithwaite. Not that they paid a lot for him, but still, it would have been a lot less and a lot easier. You just promote a guy like uh, he, from the youth team. So
1: screwed over a little team completely. And yeah, they're kind of yeah. getting away because like, I mean they're probably going to be in the relegation. Probably going to get relegated now, almost yeah. definitely. And it, I feel like it shouldn't be allowed because yeah. just Barcelona kind of got rewarded for their incompetence right there because they right. could have signed a replacement they didn't.
0: So um, on that note, I think we're going to end it right there. Um, I think that was a good episode, a good Champions League wrap up, and a good Q and A. Yeah. Um. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Football Block with uh, Brandon and Joey. Uh, have a good night. Have a good night. Three